everybody. Welcome to this month's episode of the Female Film Critics Panel. And this month we are talking about 2022, the year movies, and what our top five favorite films so far in the year. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, I'm really excited for the guests that I have on with me today. Uh, we have Molly Raspberry's back. <laughs> Yeah. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. And we have Manda is back. She did our end of the year last year. So it's so fun to have you back. I am so excited to do this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask both of you, how do you feel this year has been as far as a year so far of movies? Do you think it's been strong or weak or somewhere in between? What do you think? Ma what do you think, Molly? I think it's been a bit stronger than last year because with the pandemic going on, every movie that was supposed to come out during the Oscar month of the 2020 got pushed back to then the 2021 Oscar month. So then, so then we didn't get those, those great films until really later, I feel. And they mm -hmm. were trying to push it in so that they could be like, oh, remember this for Oscar season? We got to remember this and everything like that. So I think it's a stronger year, year. And in my opinions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're finally getting the end of those those pushback movies. Mm -hmm. I think I feel like the Minions movie will be the last big release yeah. that we've been oh, yeah. well, I haven't been yeah. waiting for it, but it has been delayed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my most anticipated of the year. <laughs> Minions. <laughs> um, I need more memes. <laughs> yes. I just need to not Facebook. have to see that trailer again. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's been so that long. Was, that was me for Death on the Nile. I was just like, when it finally came out, I was like, finally, no more champagne to fill the Nile. <laughs> like, I literally did a trailer reaction for the Minions, Minions 2 in, uh, I think, February of 2020. On my channel. Oh my god. Oh wow. <laughs> Lord. Oh no. <laughs> yes. So um, but Mona, what do you think? Do you think it's been strong? Yeah, I think it's been strong. I think there's been a fairly good mixture of like indie films and then mainstream blockbusters that have come out that people have been excited for. And, you know, there's a little bit for everybody more so than uh, you know, the previous two years. So I think, yeah, mm -hmm. like it, it's been a nice mixture. Um, and it's, it's, it's better. I feel like even the hype surrounding these films, like, because they've been mo like majority of the people like most anticipated, like obviously the Maverick, the Batman, like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, like people have been hyped for that, but it's like the indie films that have come out that have surprised many people. So I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. And, and yeah. I think that's where the, the spotlight is, is on the indie films this year being better than uh, the previous years. Yeah. And it is just really gratifying to see people going back to the theaters, yes. even, the same, even something like, uh, no, you know, no way home making big bucks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, and now we're going to see it. It looks like top gun's going to do really well. Yes. That's yes. very exciting. I, I just, you know, believe in the theatrical experience mm -hmm. and, you know, like you said, Amali last year, we had a lot of day and date releases and, mm -hmm. and just, it was just a kind of a tough time to be a movie fan. Uh, I, I had a lot of unpopular opinions at the beginning of the year there. I felt like I was miss, Mrs. Grumpy pants, um, in a lot of my opinions. Uh, but, uh, then I feel like April on, 
I've found my, my favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found ones that I've liked. Uh, so that's been good. Mm-hmm. Cause I wasn't a big fan of turning red and mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't love the Batman. I didn't hate it. I was right in the middle on it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So those were two kind of big ones that were like, stay away. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, uh, but there's been some, some really good ones. I also, I felt like I had a lot of unpopular opinions at Sundance, which is always, mm-hmm. uh, tricky, mm-hmm. uh, because their movies get so hyped. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when they actually get released to mm-hmm. see if they have the same, you know, that high altitude, uh, even though we weren't at high altitude, but the, uh, you know, they say the, the Sundance high altitude <laughs> affects the brain yeah. sometimes. And I think part mm-hmm. of it is that when you're at Sundance, you see so many movies and you see a lot of terrible movies. And so the ones that are like, sometimes I think kind of average get like elevated because you're mm-hmm. just like, wow, that was way better than yeah. the last one that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Which was terrible. True. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think Alice just really set up that stage. I think that was the biggest one I saw that people were like, oh God, I hate this. I'm like, oh, thank God I did not snag a ticket for this. Oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. actually <laughs> my worst of the whole year. Oh. Alice. It was, it was a struggle. Like I was half oh. hour into that one and yeah <laughs> and you're like and you want to like it it's just yeah. like it had black female creative talent going behind yeah. it and you're just like yeah. like and i feel it was the same thing with queen and and slim and there's so many people like oh you should have enjoyed this but so many people and especially black audience were like i don't want to watch torch black torture yeah. anymore i just yeah. don't want this anymore i'm like oh yeah. thank god they i thank god they agree yeah, <laughs> yeah i guess maybe we could start by saying a few that we didn't like i I actually did not like the movie dog at all. I just, I thought that it was such a misfire. I really, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the dog is adorable. I understand and Channing Tatum is hot. I get that. But yes. I just thought all the attempts at humor were so bad. I, the whole threesome scene was so awkward. And, mm. and then the whole scene at the hotel, I just thought was again, very awkward mm-hmm. and not funny. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I just, really disliked it and I was so surprised I mean the power of a of a adorable animal I understand mm-hmm. that but I just yeah. that was a big misfire yeah. to me I also really hated a movie at South by Southwest called The Cow oh. with the Nona Ryder which was oh, so no. Stupid. No, no. <laughs> really stupid oh, um no. I did not like men I thought oh, it I was, didn't like mm, it either I it so. was really bad and I also hated the Cheaper by the Dozen remake. That oh. was not for me. No. Uh, Fair. Yeah, no. Fair. <laughs> um, that is, I guess those are some of my least favorite of the year so far. Um, I didn't ask you to prepare that, but if you have it, <laughs> you have on the top of uh, that you really didn't care for. What do you think, uh, Manda? Um, I'm a massive Scream fan. Like, I absolutely adore that franchise. It's the first horror movie that I've ever watched. And then I watched uh, <clears throat> Scream 5, and uh, I could not stand that movie. And everyone's loving it. They're saying it, it was, you know, it was the great uh, since the first one. And I just yeah. could not. Like, I just went off on Scream 5, and I shouldn't <laughs> have, but I was just so upset because, you know, there Speak was so much your hype. truth. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I get yelled at for Venom takes, so like I'm used to it by now. But <laughs> the Scream Five uh, fans, it was it was hard. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's the that's the one that comes to my mind where I'm like, I could not do it. I'm really. with you on this. Actually, I gave it two stars, so I wasn't very high on it. I I'm not. I haven't seen any of the other films except for the original. So this oh is I haven't seen the franchise. Uh, I just thought it was really try hard. I mean, it was just like they, I felt it's one of those movies where I felt like the director thinks we're stupid. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need you to explain this. We got it. Like, yeah. like literally it would have characters explain something that was totally obvious. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've seen like two yeah. horror movies in my life and I understood it. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't care for it either. So I'm with you. I thought it was Thank very, God. <laughs> I agree with that sentiment where they're saying like, oh, you got to ex- re-explain everything. And it was an issue no. they had was ready or not. And mm-hmm. I felt that really, really kept it from being a truly great satire. I was just like, mm-hmm. or it didn't go far enough, far mm-hmm. enough. It was just like, oh, why are you still trying to cater to the dumb people who are to <laughs> don't understand? I'm just like, I don't like it when you're trying to get to the lowest common denominator. I'm just not a fan. Mm-hmm. And I think even though I did enjoy Scream mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Theatrical experience really enhanced that because I watched it that opening Friday with a with a full crowd and everything. Nice. Like so, yeah. so and they were really enjoying it. So I was just like, okay. My friend is a huge Scream fan. She's watched all the films. She's seen the series. She loves the MTV mm-hmm. series too. Her favorites, good. yeah. Her favorites are Scream Four and Scream One. Yes. And yes. <laughs> she's got good taste like that. And she's like, I enjoyed this. I didn't like it as much as. I didn't like it as much as Scream Two, as Scream Two, or de- and it's definitely not on the level of the first, a uh, Scream Four mm-hmm. and Scream One, but, but yeah, I could see exactly yeah. how that's go, how that was going yeah. with that. Yeah. Did, mm-hmm. did either of you see Dog? When did I you didn't know? watch. I wanted to because, like, I I'm living for Channing Tatum, like coming back to the big screen. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy yeah. for him because the Lost City was great. I oh, thought I love Lost, oh, Lost yeah. City. Was really that. Fun. So I'm just happy for like this resurgence <laughs> of yes. Channing Tatum. But yeah, I'll try did, to catch it. Did you have a least favorite, Molly, that we haven't um, talked about? I think my least favorites this year, I'm going to be, It's. I'm also going to be on the outsider list of this. Um, I think it's a tie with men and the movie Duel, Ry- Riley Stern's, mm. Stern's film. <laughs> You're like, yes. Agreed. <laughs> oh, no, I enjoyed Duel, but uh, men, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I loved Karen Gillan's performance. It's her best one. But I was just like, I didn't, he was just so misguided. He didn't really know what do you want to satirize? Do you want to satirize the healthcare industry? Do you want to satirize capitalism? Do you want to mm-hmm. satir- satirize the ideas of people are replaceable? Just like, mm-hmm. and then they don't, he doesn't really develop characters. He develops just themes. It's the same thing with men. It's just like, just develop the themes. But this characters are just so flimsily written. You don't really care about them. So you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I guess I kind of took that one as just sort of a goofy sci-fi movie not like really trying that hard to have big Mm. deep themes where something Mm. like men is obviously like yeah trying really i just took it as kind of a yeah like a goofy i was just like 
with okay. men, I was just disappointed because I'm just like, uh, oh, I want so you to be bad. good. I love Annihilation yeah. too. And it's just like, <laughs> and all his metaphors and imagery are meant to be allegorical for something like Annihilation is about self-destruction and how we're, mm -hmm. how our entire humanity is based in self-destruction, including our very cells are self-destructing. The destructing and ex machina is about who can play God, God, and also also with ideas of feminism and everything like that. But yeah. the message of men, men are bad, bad. And yeah. also including black men, they're bad. They can be bad, especially against white women. And that was mm -hmm. just like, I know you didn't intend mm -hmm. for that, but that just looks very racist, Alex Garland. I don't know how that oversight got in there because it just seemed like it almost seemed like her, like a black man is haunting this white protag female protagonist. And you're just like, this really need a recasting. Yeah. I'm sorry. I really mm -hmm. like this actor, but they really need a recasting for that because that's a really bad message with that. I pointed that out in my view and, and, and the writer for Vulture, Angelica Jade Bastian also brought that up too, too. Mm -hmm. But we both also agree that it was probably very unintentional because he's British. So, and it's a more of a class system over there than it is a racial system, but it's still a very big oversight. And I was just like, oh God, people are going to take this the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, yeah. So, I yeah, just I, thought it was so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said in my review, I said that uh, I said, now we have men, which purports to give us a folk horror movie, but instead serves up a pretentious, heavy-handed, non-scary piece of art house junk. No, thank you. <laughs> art house junk. Art house junk. Uh, yes. Yes. So I didn't care just for it. <laughs> religious imagery that just ends up being fancy window dressing, signifying practically nothing at the, by the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said, also said, there will be people who claim this is brilliant, but I don't see anything great about what it's trying to say or do. Why not have one sympathetic man so Harper's confused and doesn't know who to trust? Yeah. This would be scary and provide more layered view of how toxic mm. masculinity and mm -hmm. abuse exactly. happens. Instead, we get True. this pretentious horror film that fails in every, nearly every respect. Mm -hmm. Damn, yeah. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta rethink my score. <laughs> give it a two out of ten. I gave it a two and a half out of five. So I was like, I don't, I didn't hate it as much as you because I understood mm. there was concerted effort for it and the acting was good. Uh -huh. and the music mm. and the cinematography was good. So I was like, I yeah. give you half a star did, extra for that. Did you go rotten yeah. on on around tomatoes? Uh, did did not did not they only do it with film stage and i did not write a review for oh okay, okay i wrote okay. it for my own blog and letterbox as well which i think was reblogged or it's going to be reblogged mm -hmm. by the nc film critics association because i'm mm. part of them now so yay cool cool yay. well enough negativity <laughs> i'm thinking about men <laughs> the female film critics panel but it's kind of good that we talk about that i feel like because yeah. uh supposedly saying something to us i would think and it about failed like feminism mm. but it's just like i don't think it really did very well with that so yeah mm. very clunkily handled so mm. are you a fan of rachel's reviews do you look forward to family movie night female film critics panels or the talking disney podcast if so please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patreon as a patron you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast. 
podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. So we have our top fives. (laughs) and i will i'll start and then if you want to go manda and then molly so my number five is and i went back and forth i'm not married to this order so but i did have to go with top gun maverick Mm -hmm. i just thought it was so entertaining it had such a especially that last uh last third of the movie uh, when they're actually basically blowing up the Death Star. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I was literally gripping my armrest. It, it was oh. so immersive. And and sometimes I'm actually not that big a fan of the IMAX because it just mm-hmm. can be too, mm-hmm. too loud, particularly this one that they always do the screenings in. And I don't know, I just, uh, I sometimes don't love the IMAX. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like perfect for IMAX and it was the perfect experience. And I just got so invested. I was so entertained. I loved the music. I loved the performances. I, I thought they all really worked well. I loved the nostalgia mm-hmm. and how they worked it in very mm-hmm. seamlessly and effectively. Uh, so I thought it was just a really great movie. Uh, so Amanda, what about you? What's your number five? I, t- <clears throat> I totally agree. Um, I don't know if this movie is going to get my uh, my film credit card revoked or not, <laughs> but um, I had an absolute blast going to the theater for Jackass Forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had an blast. I don't know what it was. When, maybe it was because it came out during a time where like there was a lull. Mm-hmm. There weren't that many movies. Yeah. that yeah. were considered good. In those re- in that release date, but I was I've been like right fan. when people were still sort of worried about Omicron, it wasn't it yeah. in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because I it was ju- I just um, I had watched Scream and then I didn't like it, and I'm like, oh man, it's gonna start off like this, and then Jackass like saved the year for me basically. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thank God. But yeah, I grew up watching it. The boys are always fun. Um, and for me, it was more of just like seeing these friends on screen together. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having fun and like them having fun made us have fun. Like have like the audience was like dying of laughter. There are some stunts in there where I had to like literally cover my eyes. Cause I was like, I'm seeing way too much. That so shouldn't be seen, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's so entertaining. And you feel like you're part of the family. It's like an extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, such a good time. Uh, I've really, really loved it. So it's definitely top five for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. I've never seen any of them. I because <gasps> I like I adopt like pain and and like I, I it would be too. I would just be like, you know, kind of thing for me. <laughs> yeah. but, but I've heard that from a lot of people. I really have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do you see that, Molly? I have watched a bit of Jackass and I, I used to be one of those pretentious people of like, oh, those men are stupid. And like the South Park thing was like, oh, you're prostitutes. They're prostitutes. But during, if you remember that episode where they were discussing that, but I got into, but be, it was weird because originally I got into Steve, Steve-O and Bam and Bam's series. Um, it was the series where they went on safaris and everything mm-hmm. like that. And they 
commune with nature, except they did the craziest stunts. Like Steve-O actually put his butt on a porcupine one time, and I could not stop laughing during that part. He had to get the get the things out of his butt, and they're like, ah! <laughs> I was like, that's actually funny. And then I started watching a bit of the bit of the show and everything, and I was like, this is super gay, and I'm getting into this. And it's just like their logo has a rainbow on it. It's yeah. just like it's there, and it's so great. I remember I was telling these people at the at the parking lot this guy dropped his wallet and had hundreds of dollars in it we're like oh who is this guy we should take it to the theater there there's and this guy was like oh crap where's my wallet and it's like 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 is this you we already checked the idea we know it's him it's like yeah it was like what are you watching jackass and like oh the gayest movie of the year they're like what <laughs> <laughs> like bring it up yeah it's super gay they're all in thongs and everything like that and they're yeah. all hugging each other and everything and it's got a rainbow right there and they're like <laughs> now it's like it's opened up their whole perspective and i'm like yeah and i even it made me it was heartwarming i actually read this piece from bitch media i believe it was this trans woman actually bringing up that jackass saved her life when she was friends with these high with these guys in high school with before she transitioned and how they felt like a family recreate trying to recreate these stunts and everything like that and seeing them being secure in their own masculinity and being secure with being able to be feminized and everything like that made them real mm. made her realize just like i can transition i'm strong enough for this i mean if they can handle having their testicles ripped off by ice then i think i could do this that's actually one of my favorite stunts i was like they were sitting there like oh and i was like this is funny. <laughs> yeah because we're watching it's like we can't hurt there so it's fine for them yeah, exactly off, so. exactly yeah. <laughs> so yes and johnny doxville is, is such a great supporter of the lgbt lgbtqia community and i was like yay go johnny you're such a nice guy mm -hmm. so yes mm -hmm. so yes i approve of them <laughs> <laughs> all right uh molly what is your number five so i had to switch between these originally it was after yang which i know you didn't care for because you thought <laughs> it was slow to everything but i realized i slightly liked rrr a bit more roar riot rebel mm -hmm. and i love this filmmaker's original film baobali the duology with it and i just and i just love this indian cinema i love how bombastic and just like frenetic the energy is and i'm just like just like that guy just caught caught a tiger in a net that's super cool and just like using a bow and arrow and gets these british british imperialists imperialists and annihilating them one by one this must have been what pepa people felt like when they saw return of the jedi and they saw the ewoks just like fighting off the stormtroopers with with the sticks and everything but just like even more badass i was like oh yeah <laughs> it was just like and of course the music is great great and and all the acting is hammy and cheesy and i just love it it's about yeah. this and it's about these dudes and their friendship and realizing that their bond is strong and that they're all the bros fighting for the same cause against british imperialism and to save their home home and that just and i just really love that and i love seeing that and that regard well, I'm really happy that you mentioned that as your number five because it is my number four. RRR. Segway. <laughs> yes. I love it so much. I mean, I debated because the action, it's totally different kind of action in mm -hmm. Top Gun Maverick. And I was equally kind of as engrossed, but because, you know, I'm a musical person, I mm -hmm. love music. So that gave the, I had to give this the edge plus a little mm -hmm. bit more creativity and everything. Yeah. But, there's just nothing like watching a Rajamuli, SS Rajamuli movie. His yes. movies are, 
our true spectacle mm -hmm. uh, that we just don't get very much in the way that he delivers mm -hmm. spectacle. And you think that what he's able to do on like a $60 million budget is just absolutely amazing. Exactly. <laughs> and the CGI is not up to par to American standards, but you just get so into it. You don't yeah. care. And that's, but that's actually, it becomes kind of part of the charm of it all. Mm -hmm. It becomes kind of part of the hokiness and part of the, yes. the, and this is basically a buddy movie between yes, these two friends. <laughs> I mean, they have this whole great song about how much they love each other and how great yes, friends they, they do. are. And then the, my, one of my favorite sequences of the whole movie is when uh they have the whole dancing scene because there's all these yes. bougie people that are that are all at this um this uh, military ball thing yes. and uh and uh he's he, he's with one of the um uh the british women jenny and uh yeah and uh and he's like i'll show you how to dance and then they yes. do this whole incredible <laughs> routine yeah awesome. uh, where they dance and it's it's great it's it's a very cheerful fun mm -hmm. wonderful movie mm -hmm. and is long but that's it's that's also part of the experience that's part yes. of a tollywood roger moulet mm -hmm. film and yeah. i don't know if i this the songs are quite on par with bali bali especially bali bali uh, mm -hmm. i think bali bali one yeah had the best songs um, I think the story's a little better in Bala Bali too. Yeah, but, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, but the songs aren't quite as good in that one. Yeah. But uh, but I just love SS Rajamuli. He's amazing. Yes. And it, yes. And they there's I've heard some rumblings that there's talk of maybe him getting him to do like a, a Western movie, like a Marvel movie Ooh. or something like that. Cool. I would die. Yes. I would be so excited. <laughs> Please, you guys are please, hyping please. this up for me. <laughs> and it's coming back to theaters on June 1st. You should go yes. see it. Amanda. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. If it's going back to theaters, I may check it out for sure. Yeah. It's a I think long it's on sit, Netflix. But it's worth yeah. it. Okay. Hey, I sat through the Irishman. I can sit through anything. <laughs> Multiple exactly. Times. Exactly. It's way better than the Irishman. <laughs> and usually and fewer trailers, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mana, what do you have it for? At number four, I have uh, Good Luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, mm -hmm. I've like it was my favorite movie at Sundance this year. Um, I'm all for <clears throat> seeing female sexuality on screen, no matter at what age. I just love that there's that exploration, there's that conversation, that kind of discussion where it's very open about how women feel like in mm -hmm. sexual relationships or like no, in you know non-sexual relationships. And Daryl Daryl McCormick and um, and Emma Thompson gave fantastic performances. Their chemistry were like was so so mm -hmm. strong, um, and I just fell in love with them communicating with each other. Yeah. <laughs> I think like it wasn't even like the sexual nature of this movie. It was just the fact of being like emotionally intimate yeah. with someone through conversation. And mm -hmm. I think that's where, you know, some relationships, you know, that's where it lacks. Um, and you need to have that communication. And, and it's very important to show that on screen. And I just absolutely fell in love with this movie. Um, Emma Thompson's a doll. When she okay. looks at herself in the mirror in that final, like, it was just, oh my God, tears in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, as long as like, 
a woman at any age feels comfortable in her body and doing what she needs to do and like just taking that initiative to like learn something new too Mm -hmm. and just like explore herself I think that we as women need to explore ourselves um, and go on our own own journey no matter how many changes we go through so I absolutely love this one one of my favorites this year yeah, I I want to see it. I I was a little bit nervous about it, but I've heard so many good things and that mm-hmm. it's very empowering and very well done. And mm-hmm. um and uh, uh so I I definitely will I definitely will check it out for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Do it. laughs> but uh, Molly, what about you? What's your number four? Mine is actually the same. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I wholly agree with Mondo, what she said. I also love the fact that I connected this with my own mother, which I'm pretty sure people are just like, ew, with the sex part? Like, no, the fact that you can change your opinion about yourself and also change your opinion about your attitudes towards other people. Like when she apologized to a former student calling her for slut shaming her, because especially for a lot of women around the age, the boomer age, there's a lot of internalized misogyny in there. And the Mm -hmm. film actually actually shows that and shows that there's growth with that. And and I just love that. I also really love the director Sophie Hyde's original film Animals with um, with um, with Holiday Granger and I would almost call her Hermione Granger like Harry Potter, but Holiday <laughs> Granger and Alia Shawcat. I watched it at Sundance years ago, and I so desperately wanted somebody to pick it up. I read a re- I wrote a review of everything for it, and they were like, "No, no one picked it up," and I was like, "Dang it!" And I was just like, and she just gets the human human condition of this of of connection just so well especially Mm -hmm. in these in these really smart and fun fun meditations on on the human condition especially from a feminine perspective that we don't really see a lot and especially in the british british zeitgeist and Mm -hmm. that i just really loved and of course i loved i love that emma thompson got to be sexy because she is i was just like i was just i was just like I'm sorry. I just thought she was way more attractive than Daryl McCormick, but that's just my preference right there. <laughs> so yeah, but he did, he did really good too. I even told my coworkers like that guy from Wheel of Time, and he's like, "Oh yeah," because he watches Wheel of Time and he's a huge fan of the series. And he's like, "Yeah, that guy. He's he's cute." And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah." So I very much enjoyed it. I'm glad this one got picked up and people actually get a chance to see a Sophie Hyde film, film in the theaters and that just makes me happy to see female directors succeed as well. Very cool. All right. Well, my number three is maybe a bit controversial because some people wouldn't think of this as a movie, but I got both of your okay on it. So I am going with the pro shot that they did of the West end performance of anything goes with Sutton Foster and Robert Lindsay. I thought it was absolutely outstanding i mm-hmm. i gave it a 10 out of 10 a perfect score I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing this play any better than and it's not just that it's incredible it's in, got incredible mm-hmm. cole porter songs and incredible mm-hmm. dance numbers but they they actually did a really good job with the pro shot of like of giving you a sense of scope of these dance mm-hmm. numbers and then coming in closer when they needed to so i think they actually used the cinematic uh art form to full effect to give you the the not only the feeling of if you were in the audience but a feeling that you're almost the director because you're getting that kind of close up 
you're getting the the wider angles and i mean the 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 blow gabriel blow number was just unbelievable it's so great it's this, uh, it's this kind of gospel um inspired number with this just huge dance number with multiple layers of of dancers all coordinated and sutton foster in the middle with mm -hmm. this bright orange kind of flame outfit and and i, I think that uh, people forget that she was the dancer first and then mm -hmm. singer second mm -hmm. and her dancing is just absolutely outstanding and robert Lindsay is, is really fun as the gangster on there and i just was in total delight if if people have a pbs passport uh then you should check out uh for the um america for the great performances series mm -hmm. they just uh played this whole thing that was in the cinemas uh on the great yeah. performances and i think it's still online so if you mm -hmm. want to watch it you can i just awesome. thought it was outstanding I must say, I've been a Sutton Foster fan since Little Women with the song Astonishing, just oh. really speaking to me in my in my high school years. Mm -hmm. years. So anytime somebody mentions Sutton Foster's in it, I'm like, I'm there. I'm going. I need to, I need to listen. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's amazing. I mean, she's been nominated for I don't even know how many Tony Awards. She's won, I think, at least two, maybe more. Yeah, she's, she's won a lot. again. Uh, for the music man yeah oh, wow. she got nominated again for the music man which yes. i got to see her on i've seen her <gasps> twice on wow. broadway i saw her in the drives nice. of chaperone Aww. years ago and then i saw her in music man which was delightful Yay. and uh but it didn't have it, it the music man it almost felt more like a local production mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. fun and kind of charming but it didn't have the spectacle that this had it being just oh, yeah. this huge numbers like so there'd be layers mm -hmm. of dancers like four or five kind of layers of dancers all doing the number at the same time you know um <laughs> i don't know i thought it was just unbelievable unbelievable the choreographer's mm -hmm. named kathleen marshall and she's done she's done tons of incredible um work on broadway and and uh they mm -hmm. there's some songs you might know like i get a kick out of you that's yep. mm -hmm. that's in anything goes and of course the mm -hmm. title song anything goes mm -hmm. people know um and like blow gabriel blow is if you just look up that number i think it's on youtube just look up yeah. that one because it, it was so good <laughs> I, <just loved> <laughs> I do have one question though yes who's who was better in your opinion soon foster or patty lapone <laughs> um Ooh in a <laughs> anything goes like um i don't know i i haven't seen the patty lapone yeah well she's not in this oh no no she did she did a revival a couple years back so that's yeah why I, was like, I mean i feel like i remember that i i have not seen it though yeah okay. i but uh but i did see patty lapone in company uh, in my last trip so i can speak to that at least compared to wow and, i mean how, how can you uh, do any better than patty no. lapone singing ladies who lunch in company yes. i mean hello she was incredible i'll, I'll drink to that <laughs> <laughs> and you know one of the things that i decided after uh the horror of having all of theater shut down for two years it was just i thought it was just absolutely terrible it made me sick uh, 
that once I got vaccinated, I was going mm-hmm. to support local theater and mm-hmm. even Broadway as much as I possibly could. And so I set a goal. I was going to try to go to as much stuff as I could go to. Mm-hmm. And I am by the, by the end of June, I think I will, since I got vaccinated in, uh, and I started going to shows in mid April mm-hmm. last year, I will have uh, now, I think by the end of June, I will have seen a hundred shows. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so, awesome. Wow, that is I just that's incredible. <laughs> and it's been a great, uh, best goal ever as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You're like, I'm having so much fun. This is great. <laughs> I just set more goals like this for myself. Yes. Because I, I just love it so much. Even a bad show is to me still yeah. fun. It's yeah. it's the energy. Uh, it's the, yeah. I mean, and especially in a local show, but sometimes I like local shows even better than Broadway shows yeah. because mm-hmm. there's just something so like contagious and sweet mm-hmm. and, and, um, and yeah. people are giving up of their time mm-hmm. that uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's really fun. So yeah. I love musical theater. So I had to include mm-hmm. it on my list. I'm so glad yes. you both agreed. Yay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my number three. All yeah. right, Mana, what's your number three? Oh boy, we're switching gears. Um, I <laughs> hard have left. Uh, <laughs> hard left. <laughs> Just fair warning. Um, I have the Batman at number three. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought it was just a refreshing take on the character. Um, I really liked what Matt Reeves did with it. It, it, I was not a fan of the Dark Knight trilogy just because it felt like repetitive. (laughs) Thank you. Henry Hughes. I did not like Christian Bale as Batman. These are all hot takes. I'm so sorry. Um, No death threats allowed, please. Yeah, please, God. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Rachel. Do not blame Rachel. Blame me. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, I thought the cinematography was great. The story is a bit wonky. Um, but, um, I love the cast. I thought the cast was extraordinary. I think they did a fantastic job. Robert Pattinson really grew on me as yeah. Batman more so than Bruce Wayne. Of course he has to like, uh, come into his own because the year one Batman. Yes. Um, I, I love Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Oh, I thought she's so good. She, she's fantastic. Just standing there. I'm like, yep. Thank you very much. Um, I adore you. Uh, John <laughs> Turturro, Colin Farrell was unrecognizable. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a different take. And I really liked what mm-hmm. they did with it. Even Paul Dano as the Riddler. Like I was a fan of his since Prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to see him back in like a bigger role like this, mm-hmm. just damn. Um, Paul I was Dano, like, I think he's a solid actor. I think he's a good actor, but he has the best agent. Like he gets in every great property. I swear. Right. Like, yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to tell someone like Logan Lerman, get Paul Dano's agent. You're talking about him. He's like, going to be a bullet traded with a beard and everything. At least he yeah. has that. Thank God. <laughs> like, oh, how, how do you keep getting in these movies? <laughs> but he was good in it. I agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Molly, what's your number three? Yeah. So I also agreed with Manda that I did really like the Batman. I think it was mm-hmm. this really good like mix of the Dark Knight and Batman the Animated Series and of course the Tim Burton Batmans, which mm-hmm. I absolutely adore them. I love Batman Returns and I'm and that's the hot take. People are gonna be like, <laughs> even with the penguin funeral, it's like the penguin funeral makes me cry. Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. And eating the fish right there, like yum yum yum. And it's like, yes, give me more gruesomeness, please. I don't Please, mind the I, penguin funeral. I do get a little bored with him running for like mayor. Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah, I could see that. I could see that. that. 
And then it got really scary. What scary would it happen in real life with Donald Trump? So you're like, oh God, people did actually vote for a literal monster into office. That's the hot take right there. <laughs> yeah, so I really liked it. I also like telling people like Zoe Kravis got to reprise her role in live action for Catwoman because she was Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. Right. And yeah. I remember Oh yeah, also, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I also mm -hmm. put in my letterbox like this is the movie that the Lego that Lego Batman would actually love the most because Robert Pattinson, I can totally see him saying like, I don't do ships. I don't do relationships. I can totally see him saying that he's just such a loader into like Nirvana playing in the background. Like, oh my gosh, this is the adult version of the Lego Batman and I am loving it. <laughs> so I, guess, I really like that. <laughs> I guess the reason why I was in the middle on it is I did feel mm -hmm. like, I felt like it was just kind of one note that it kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. I, I liked the idea of the detective, but mm -hmm. I, I wish that we'd gotten to know Bruce better as a character. I feel like he was yeah. barely in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know. I just felt like it was a really long movie and I didn't mm -hmm. really get to know the characters as well as I wanted to get to know them. Mm -hmm. And it was just a lot of sort of the same note kind of repeated over and over again for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, but yeah. I did like some things about it. Like I said, I was right in the middle on it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. yeah. So was that your three? Oh no! Yeah, that was, that was my... oh, no. I was just like, I was like, I was just like, oh, but my three actually. Most people probably count this on 2021, but it came into theaters near me in 2022, uh -huh. so I'm counting it. I actually picked Belle from Mama Hosada, Sada, and I just I love the Beauty and the Beast story. I the original Disney and Jean Jean Cocteau 1946 version are some of my favorite movies. And I love how it was taken to this new place. And of course it's a musical. So I, I love that music mm -hmm. too. And I watched the Japanese original, original. So, so, and I got that and it was just enrapturing to watch. And it also bring up, it actually had a positive spin on the internet, which funny enough, like Batman had it like difference where you can actually get people's worst impulses through the internet. Well, this one is just like, you can get people's worst impulses, but there can be some hope and positivity in that, which I really liked, liked in the climax. I just actually cried during the climax when she's singing yeah. a million miles away to get the beast back, back and try to help him and his brother. And I'm just like, oh gosh. And she's learning how to be like her mother who died saving this child she didn't even know, which which in the film for the longest time, she's grappling with just like, did my mom leave me on purpose, purpose to save this child? And was she being selfish for this? Because the internet warps your brain with that because there was all these message boards saying just like, that woman was selfish for trying to save that child she didn't even know, leaving her own child without a mother, that sort of thing like that, because... The internet can have the people's worst impulses, but there can always be some good with it. And I really loved how that balance Hosado really brought in there. Of course, I like to say it's the better remake of the of the original 1991 version than the 2017 oh. remake. Because there are that like like the castle and everything, all and shots were definitely meant to evoke the, evoke the Disney movie. And in fact, Belle was even designed by a Disney animator. So and that's why she's got bigger eyes than usual because she's got that Disney princess eyes and I was just like and I just really love that and I love that that um the same studio that did 
Wolfwalkers also helped with the CGI, just this collaborative experience just coming in to help with all of them to make this gorgeous film. And I really just loved it. it it's close to my hearts for this year. So, yes. You're speaking my language. I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you remember, Amanda, but I had it in my top five of last year. I remember, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just absolutely was so moved by it. I agree with mm -hmm. everything you said. The, mm -hmm. the positive uh, message about the internet that we usually mm -hmm. don't get. And, and mm -hmm. something that I've felt for a long time, because obviously there are those trolls and there are all those negative, mm -hmm. there are those negative experiences, but I just think even doing this series, like the incredible people that I've gotten to meet over the last mm -hmm. two years. Uh, and it, that's just one example, mm -hmm. but I, I, I do think that for the negative, I've had probably more positive, mm -hmm. um, from mm -hmm. uh, my interactions. So certainly I can't imagine getting through the pandemic without it. I, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know how, as a yeah. single person, yeah. how I would have gotten through that. Uh, it would have uh, been really hard. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the when she starts to realize, like, she because she's seen her mother mm -hmm. as this kind mm -hmm. of horrible person for what mm -hmm. she did. And then she sees this truly horrible father mm -hmm. and she saves these <laughs> uh, saves these boys uh, mm -hmm. and saves the beast, basically. Mm -hmm. and And she realizes okay, my mother was actually not, she learns to forgive her mother because yes. of what she sees with mm -hmm. this uh, example. It's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I could talk oh. about it all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good. And I got to see, I was so fortunate. I got to see it at Animationist Film oh. uh, with nice. uh, Hosada there. He introduced oh. the movie and, and the whole theater was just like glued to the screen yeah. it was like ah oh, nobody's getting up to go to the bathroom in that screen i tell you that it was incredible and yes. i i think if if you're in the la area or you mm -hmm. have the ability to go mm -hmm. the animationist film festival was absolutely outstanding oh, yeah. it was so well done and it was really fun to get to see movies that were mm -hmm. going straight to uh, streaming actually mm -hmm. got to see them in the theater i got to see luca mm -hmm. and i got to see him um, oh, uh, raya and i got to see nice. um like the first 10 minutes of encanto mm -hmm. which oh, yeah. was very exciting at the time <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is cool <laughs> yeah it was great i highly recommend it it was very well yes. run all the panels were great so um, i saw mitchell's machines too that was, it was yes yeah, it was really oh, good. i so badly yeah. wanted to see that in the theater yeah. that's awesome so, a very, very good pick for your number three. Mm -hmm. All right. My number two is my favorite animated film of the year so far. This did go straight to Netflix. So I feel like it's kind of gone under the radar. People aren't talking mm -hmm. about it that mm -hmm. much, but it is from Richard Linklater, Apollo 10 and a half, <gasps> a space yes! age childhood. Um... <laughs> and this, this movie for people that are very plot dependent, it might be frustrating. It doesn't have mm -hmm. a ton of plot, but I absolutely loved it. I loved just by going back to this childhood, it made me go back to my own childhood and think mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. it's, it's just, just everything that they were doing. <laughs> if they were going to the, uh, the amusement park, it made me think of going to Disneyland with my dad, mm -hmm. or if they were at the beach, it made me think of going to the, the lake or the pool, or mm -hmm. I don't know, just all the different yes. experiences that they go through. It made me think of playing board games with my mm -hmm. family. And I, 
we did it. We did this for indie animation. Uh, we picked this, me, my friend Stanford and I for our podcast. And, and the whole podcast was basically us just sharing, oh, like, you remember that? Or you remember doing that? Yeah. And, um, you, you know, would your, what would your mom make? What casseroles did she like? And, and it was one of my favorite podcasts that I've ever done. I really loved it. And I think that's the gift of this movie is kind of get you to think back uh, to the memories of your, of your life. And I think that's what Richard Linklater does so well mm-hmm. with so many of his films is he gets you to think about those small moments that make up your life, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, the before movies with, uh, them just talking, uh, and becoming friends and, and then more, or the, um, obviously boyhood with these small yeah. moments that make up mm-hmm. this one boy's mm-hmm. life and the mother's life too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's his gift as a storyteller. And I think he uses it here. I think this is his best animated film. He's done three. This is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, so did you see it, Molly? I did, actually. I saw it on Netflix, op- the opening. And uh, first I was like, why does it not have a Rotten Tomatoes score? This is Richard Linklater. I think it does now. I hope it does. And I was watching it. And I and the first thing that struck me is like, oh, God, Jack Black is the narrator. I already know I'm going to enjoy this. Because he just <laughs> has that such great voice. And I already had heard him in Psychonauts 2 this year, year, which is a great video game if you guys play video uh-huh. games. And he's great in it. So is Elijah Wood. So, but it does but have ninety percent like, on the tomato meter now. Yeah, so, but it did take a while. Awesome. I remember it, it was did. kind of slow and getting up there. Yeah. And I was especially surprised, like Richard Linklater. Why is it not getting advertised more? And I'm watching this. Ever, I remember one scene: the the Red Rover, Red Rover let Robbie mm. over in that scene with the with the bone journey. And I was like, oh, this is really going to convince <laughs> kids never to do this. So thank you, movie, <laughs> movie for that. And I just I agree with that. It's just that the nostalgia piece. And some some critics thought it was like it was him, Richard Linklater, just only overtly focusing on his own nostalgia. And it's just like, oh, he's just like he's being pompous and ego driven that way and I was like I don't think so he's mm. really because Jack Black is talking to us like we're a friend like it's a fan like we're he's yeah. explaining his life to us like in a conversation in a bar or something yeah. something and it's just like and it's just amazing to watch and of course the rotoscoping is great and I love the things they they focus on like like how they were obsessed with the Beatles and with the with the scent with the hidden messages of the Beatles because that was such a thing in the 60s yeah. or just like Lucy in the sky with diamonds LSD and the curse <laughs> the, Her- the Herb Albert album whipped cream and other delights is such a great album and and I love that it was actually brought up in the movie because one of my coworkers he was a kid during that time too and I actually sent him a picture like that just like did you have this album as you as a kid and he said yes I did yeah. yes I did it was exactly like that where you yeah. have had, had that so it was just and even if you didn't grow up during that era it's you could actually understand what's going on and also I or at least you could connect with like it, I said you- my so my friend Sanford and I we did the podcast and I grew up in the 80s he grew up in the 70s mm-hmm. this is movie set in the 60s mm-hmm. but we all had our same kind of connection it was just the different versions of whatever it was in that era That's so awesome. you could have grown up in the 90s and you would have the same but it would be just different fill in the blanks yeah so. that childhood nostalgia nostalgia yeah. a- aesthetic he just so god he just watch. understood <laughs> Did you did you watch this one, Amanda? I I didn't, but this just sounds oh, like yes. right up my alley. You guys are selling it. I love yes, it. I was able to sell it with my friend. I just told her it's Jack Black and Richard Linklater, and Jack Black narrates, and she's like, 
I'm watching it. I'm in. School of Rock is her fa- one of her favorite movies. So oh, she's yeah. just like, yeah. I love it. I gotta add these to my <laughs> list now. You're, yes. you're gonna be busy on your Netflix. Uh, Wanda, I know. You, exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, so, Mondo, what is your number two? My number two is also from Sundance. And I think uh, the reason why this is like, high up there for me this year is because I watched it at two o'clock in the morning um and I watched fresh at two o'clock in the morning with Sebastian Stan Daisy oh. and Gradones <laughs> and that movie I didn't know what it was about I just went in blind and then oh man I just I adore Sebastian Stan I've loved him for a very long time I think he's a very underrated actor um, but he always takes these really unique roles to show off uh, his mm. range um, and I think that he's really strong in this one. I was very surprised with it. I loved that it had to deal with women and relationships and mm-hmm. how men take advantage of them, obviously like fresh and meat that mm-hmm. women are a piece of meat and all of that. Like mm-hmm. it, it had a conversation. Um, I love the soundtrack. I thought it was pretty sick. Then the title card dropping like 38 minutes into this movie. Like I was yeah. screaming. I'm like, oh my God, they did this. <laughs> then what happens in like the second half of this movie, like I was in shock. I didn't know they were going to go the route of like cannibalism. Mm. Uh, I didn't have no idea, but there were the, the song choices really just elevated this movie. Um, the ending wasn't my favorite, but man was this a wild ride and i just i i like the messaging in this as well so i thought they it was really strong and i watched it at two o'clock in the morning like i stayed <laughs> up and i'm like i'm freaking out and i had to like put the pillow over my mouth I'm like, I don't know what's happening. there were a lot of wild movies at sundance uh <laughs> it's it's flawed but one that had my mouth agape was um resurrection Oh yeah. Oh my Gosh. god. Yeah, that threw me for a loop for sure. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite from Sundance, it's my number eight, uh, was um emergency. I absolutely mm-hmm. thought that was great. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com stores slash hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com stores slash hallmarkies. I gotta watch that one too. Yeah. yeah. So Molly, what's your number two? All right. My number two was the, was the, I had to grapple with this in the number one, but then I was like, okay, I just love number one so much. I'm sorry. You're going to number two. So it's <laughs> nanny is my number two. And this was the one I got to write a review for, for the film stage. And I was just very engrossed in it. And it won the grand jury prize at Sundance, which I thought was well-deserved. And, and the director, Nick, Nikayatu Juso was just so good good and of course it's like this new it's like this 
it just it takes off a bunch it takes a lot from from osame sembin's senegalese films and especially black girl black girl and the immigration experience and i actually connected with some parts of it as well because because she's struggling with the fact that she's got to make enough money to have her son come with her to America and she has to work illegally with that. And I had a roommate who was in a similar situation. She had to finish her master's degree and leave her daughter in Guyana with her husband and only get to see her through Zoom calls and everything like this. And so, and so seeing her and my, my roommate's pain, I could even empathize more with her pain, not being able to hug her child and be close with her. And, and Juso just understood that so well. And of course, when the horror elements get in and the, and the juxtaposed with the African mythology characters, like a nausea actually makes an appearance. So I'm sorry if you have arachnophobia, there is a spider in there. So, but yeah, it's just like the, the imagery, this is what I wanted men to do. And, <laughs> I guess I should say, but it just didn't. And it just, she uses imagery so well and the relationships are well established and the characters are just so in-depth. And Anna Diop, the main actress, she is so good. And I was surprised that the only big thing she's really in right now is like, um, it's a CW show. Um, um, it's with um, Robin, the Robin who says F Batman. I'm trying to oh, remember. Oh, Titans? What. DC's yeah, Titans. Yeah, she's on yeah, Titans. She's, a, she's, a, she's a, Starfire. Yeah. yeah, she's Starfire in there. <laughs> and I was like, why is she not in more movies? It's just so yeah. good. And the final climax of the scene is just like, there are so many moments, this, the music and the juxtaposed images and everything. It's just so disquieting. Like the tension just is so palpable. It just pulsates off the screen. And I was just like clutching my pillow just ending near the climax. <laughs> and like, oh, and all, every time the water imagery came in, I and I was just thinking of drowning because, of course, that also relates to the African slave trade and that horror that sticks in my head. And I was just like, it was just done so well. And the imagery was had a purpose there. And I was mm. just like, oh, God, I was just like, I love this movie. I cried so hard at the end. No spoilers for anything else. But yes, <laughs> that I, makes I me wish like, I yeah. had watched it. Uh, yes. I didn't see it at Sundance. It was good. I was I was just like, OK, Bloom. OK, Monkey Paw and Bloomhouse, you're giving her her next movie. Is someone going to buy her movie? Is going to yeah. buy her movie now? Because mm -hmm. we were I was just waiting to see like, OK, is someone going to buy Nanny? Is someone going to buy it? Is someone going to buy it? It's, and Bloomhouse <laughs> finally did. I was like, thank God people are going to see it. It's definitely not going to be for everyone, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. I will say it's not going to be for everyone, which yeah. no movie yeah. should be for everyone. So right. that's just how mm -hmm. it goes. So, yeah. So, yeah. But I love I love that movie. So, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, my number one is definitely a hidden gem. It, it comes out, uh, I think, on the 3rd, June 3rd in oh. small in small releases. Mm -hmm. But you should keep an eye out for it. It's called Hit the Road. And this is an oh, yeah. Iranian film. Have you seen it, Molly? No, I have not yet, uh, but it's on my watch list. <laughs> yeah. So it's a an Iranian film uh, that is directed by first-time director, very very strong first time uh directing job by Pana Panahi is the name mm -hmm. and it's about this family that is trying to escape Iran into Turkey and she's just following them on this mm -hmm. road trip basically mm -hmm. and uh it's very tense and uh, at the very beginning of the movie the the little boy uh asks sort of the question he says are we dead yet mm -hmm. and it's it's sort of chilling because you almost think are they in an afterlife because everything the way it's all filmed the way it's mm -hmm. all done it has that kind of 
eerie feeling, but then it's also can be quite funny. It's not, a, it's not a depressing movie uh, because anything that happens in a normal road trip kind of happens to them, but yet there's always this sort of underlying tension of, you know, that they could die at any moment and, wow. um, or are dead. We don't know. Um, and, uh, uh, the father, they don't even give them names. It's father, mother, older brother, younger brother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the father has a broken leg. And so, and he, and he's just, it's driving him crazy. He's all itchy. So he's really snarky, really funny. Um, and then the younger brother is absolutely adorable he's so cute um and then older brother is the one that is the most stressed Mm -hmm. and the most nervous and the mother is trying to calm everybody down and keep everybody happy and everybody can relate to this everybody's been on a road trip kind of at least semi like this you've had moments like this you've had uh where you're just driving each other crazy in the in the road Mm -hmm. trip and uh I mean, I, it is so beautifully filmed. It makes me wish I could go to Iran because just the, the vistas and the cinematography and the is gorgeous. So well done. I thought the script was just so gripping and so relatable. Um, I, it would be a real shame if it's not one that we, you know, hear later on in the year. Um, and that's maybe if this is Iran, if this could be Iran's submission, mm-hmm. um, I, yes. I just think it was totally deserved. I absolutely loved it. Um, I gave it almost a perfect score, 9.5 out of 10. Nice. Uh, it nice. was excellent. So yes. go see it. <laughs> yeah. if you can Look out for it. It's really good. Yes. So yeah. Uh, Amanda, uh, drum roll. What, what is your number one? Oh boy. Um, you sold that for me. So I, I'm really excited to watch that, uh, yeah. when it comes out, but my number one was my most anticipated for a while. Um, and Top Gun Maverick yeah. has oh, taken yeah. the <laughs> top seed. For- <laughs> I am so sorry, but this movie, I had, I don't know what it was, but like, I didn't, ex- it's one of those like sequels where I didn't expect to have an emotional attachment to these characters mm-hmm. um, in the Tony Scott film. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they just did a, such a good job writing this. And it wasn't like overstuffed with nostalgia. I think they did it extremely well where they were doing those callbacks to make the audience remember the emotional connection that we've had to Goose and Maverick's connection to Goose Mm -hmm. and bringing in Goose's son with Rooster. I thought Miles Teller was great in this. I thought Glenn Powell plays Hangman was great in this as well. Um, And this is one of my favorite Tom Cruise performances in all Mm -hmm. honesty. I think we, like, it was just... Oh, it was just so emotional for me. Even him being on screen with Val Kilmer, who has, you know, his condition. It was just such mm-hmm. a beautiful moment shared between the two of them. I cried from beginning oh. to end with Maverick. I don't know why I was crying. Mm-hmm. And like, those emotional beats are there. The action in this movie, this is what a blockbuster is. It's a little bit of everything for mm-hmm. everybody. This is what a sequel is to an action franchise mm-hmm. like that. So, sorry, an action movie like that. And it's just so amazing to watch on the IMAX screen, as you said, Rachel. So um, I loved it. It's one of the most entertaining movies of the year. The entire crowd was getting into it. This is what being back at the movies is about, is to have the crowd literally mm-hmm. engaging 
with this screen and knowing that they were in the cockpit, that they were flying, that they went to flight school, like that just added to the stakes in the third act where I was also gripping my seat. I was sweating. I was leaning forward. It was just yeah. I said in my review that I think this is the perfect date movie because I mean, it has something for guys and girls, uh, for everybody, but also it's the movie you want to like grab the hand of the person. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. It's true. Yeah. I love that. And I also think it's actually more family friendly than the original. I think if people are hesitant about taking kids, it's Mm -hmm. pretty tame. Yeah. As far as content, I, there's like one, one F word, I think in the uh, climax, it was but... perfectly timed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, so I think, uh, I think it's pretty, uh, a four quadrant film as they like to say, covers yeah. all the bases. Love that. Yeah. That's but, a good uh, way to put it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it too. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'm Molly, a- what's your number uh, one? All right. But I must ask first is Top Gun Maverick. Does it have some homoeroticism like the original? There's beach football. Yes, that happens. Yes, so. it looks great. I <laughs> we're watching we're watching the volleyball scene so much in elementary school and just being like, I don't know what this about about this scene, but I just keep watching it. I feel for speed. Well, it's so funny too because John Ham's like, why are we doing this? Is this a good use of our time? And and Tom Cruise is like. Yes, <laughs> take that shirt off Come on, <laughs> manly men doing manly things let's go <laughs> yes yes that's what i want <laughs> all right so my favorite film is i think it's shared by a lot of the film twitter community this was the one i had to grab with but it's going to be this or nanny and this one just nudged out of it even though it's not perfect i won't say it is but everything everywhere all at once i just adore that film i really like the daniel's previous film swiss army man i actually watched it three times in the theater when i worked at a movie theater because i was like and got and tell people like you need to watch this you need to watch this and everything (laughs) like that everything like that and i just i love the sincerity their films evoke and that's what really connects it with it and people were like oh the dill like the hot dog hands you thought like that like no it's the fact that you actually can find the goodness in other people and everybody is more dimensional than you think everybody's going through something everybody there's so many versions of yourself you could have been and of course it also follows a lot of the buddhist buddhist teachings of of nonviolence, which i really liked especially with the climax where it's like we're gonna go with love and everything and everything and of course i just loved how it all connected i love that michelle yo's character development in the movie and she's learning to accept her daughter's daughter's gayness and the fact that just accept and having to actually confront her father with that with that and how he treated her i even called it in my review a postmodern feminist spectacle because so i think a lot of people don't realize how kind of feminist it is because even one of the first first things she remembers when she first jumps is her birth and her dad is just told like oh i'm sorry it's a girl girl it just like it is kind of a funny moment but then you're like oh god it's like the because in china at that time they had the one child act so all you could have was one child so and that and that's why they always preferred boys and i love that love that it was actually she was proving and she's always trying to oh, get the approval of her father because that's what she was taught and everything it's like and then realizing like no this isn't how you should 
run your life that way and that you actually these decisions have consequences for other people like it hurts your husband it hurts your daughter because because of these issues i did not really care for the big nose thing but i did love jenny slate's character with the pomeranian pomeranian especially the fight scenes like like did you want to go for a walk and just like using and going into that universe where she's like the benihana thing and actually using that to fight with the pomeranian just like flipping through the through the cubicles like and i was like oh my gosh so yes and when the butt plug scene happened people were roaring in my theater they're like oh my god <laughs> it's just like and it's just like perfectly set up it's not just a gag like oh it's because they're anal retentive that's why it's the butt plug shaped it's like no it's actually going to come up here and i love that they actually took references from these youtube martial artists and also from every frame of painting painting and I loved all the creativity that came with it and the costuming especially for Jobo Tubaki's care costuming just changing because she just doesn't care and that and it's also it's just a, a perfect anti-nihilist film because the nihilism is just like nothing matters and this is about accepting that nothing really matters but because nothing matters we can make it the world what we can believe the world is what we want it to be and we can make things matter in our own terms and i just really love that and that's actually the definition of absurdism right there with albert camus mm -hmm. with like mississippus and everything like that and just like accepting you're living in an absurd world and i just love that i love that kiki kwan is in it and got to actually be so good mm -hmm. as way as ray as wayman wong he was so good mm -hmm. in there there and I just uh, and I love Jamie Lee Curtis just playing playing that role and everything like that and and actually just the layers I just love this movie I just I just adore it it's gonna be one of my it's it's definitely it's definitely an all-timer for me I just I love it so, yeah. yeah and you know what I, for me what makes this movie work uh, because I did really enjoy it as well uh and the thing that made it work for me because a lot of times movies that are really chaotic mm -hmm. i have a hard time with just mm -hmm. for my brain but this worked for me because it didn't take itself too seriously yes it had a sense of humor about it it mm -hmm. made you laugh and so mm -hmm. it didn't matter too much if i you know i was like a little bit confused or whatever mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm laughing at the ratatouille thing yeah. ratatouille or whatever that was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing at, uh, at uh, the, the hot dog fingers it was funny to me. Yes. Like there was just yes. enough. It, it didn't take itself too seriously, which I think made it kind of charming and funny. And, um, and so I, I think that's why, cause there were a few moments where I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, this feels a little try hard to me. Like, yeah. I think the rocks were a little try hard to me. <laughs> um, but but I because again, that. it had a sense of humor about it. It wasn't like men or something like that, which is taking it yeah. so seriously, mm -hmm. or, you know. Exactly. Um, and uh, so I think that's part of why it it worked so well. And so I'm really glad that you had it on your list because I I uh, am glad that we got a chance to talk about it. Uh, yeah. What do you think of this one, um, Monda? 
I still have to watch it. Oh my gosh, and like, I know I'm so, I, I know I missed so many. I just spoiled theaters. so much like, right now. Oh, don't even worry. I was just like, I was just listening and I'm like, you guys are selling it. I need to yes. watch it. Like, I was just like living off of your excitement because it was just, it sounds so great. And I, it was yes. pulled from theaters like early for me. No. Um, which sucks. I know. So I have to either wait for VOD or if they're going to re release right. it, I don't know what's happening. So yeah. that's like number one priority for me is to try to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. saw it and the Northman uh, 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 double header. <laughs> that yeah. was a that was an intense day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can yeah. imagine. Oh God, the Northman. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Well, thank you both to both of you so much. This was really fun. I guess we could quick go over our top five. I have Top Gun Maverick at five, RRR at four, Anything Goes at three. Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood at two and hit the road at number one. And yeah. then what about you, Monday? So at number five, I have Jackass Forever. Four, I have Galactilio Grand. Three, mm-hmm. I have the Batman. Two, I have Fresh. And number one, I felt the need for speed. And I have Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Molly, yeah. you're five. All right. Number five is RRR, Roar, Riot, Rebel. Number four, good luck to you, Leo Grande, like Manda. Number three, Bell. Number four, Nanny. I hope it gets released this year. If not, I can, I'll be like, I could also put in my top 10 in 2023. <laughs> like some people did with First Cow, I saw. So I was like, I'm thinking of doing that. And then number one, of course, is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which should be playing Everything Everywhere everywhere All at Once, but it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, it really should get another release, even just for a day. I know, people I have know. missed it, like they're doing with RRR. Yes. <laughs> but, um... Yes. Thank you so much to both of you. This was really fun. Uh, and uh, Monda, how can people follow you? Yeah, well, thank you guys so much. It was so much fun tonight. I love it. Um, I, you guys can find me all over at AMX NDA Reviews on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can check out my website, mm-hmm. CandidXCinema.com and my YouTube, Candid Cinema. Yeah. And Molly? All right. You can find me on Twitter under Raspberry Raz. I've got my Letterboxd on there, on, under there. I think that's M Raspberry on Letterboxd. And I also now have my WordPress up for Mollywood, Mollywoodwrites.wordpress.com. I'm probably just going to pay for the charge to make it a .com, but Excellent. yay. And of course my Instagram, Molly, and then, and then Molly Raspberry, just like, yeah, just like that with Instagram, even though I don't post as much on Instagram as I do my Twitter and my blog and letterbox. So, yeah. Well, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And uh, also make sure you check out the playlist for all of the female film critics panels, which these ladies have both been on before. And they're so much fun. I really love doing them. We've been now over two years. It's unbelievable to me. Uh, and we have a really exciting one coming next month. So uh, so get, uh, get excited for that. And make sure you check out that playlist. And uh, please, uh, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are watching YouTube, please leave the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store. Check that out. And thanks again. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.